This is the multivoice text-to-speech podfic reading of A Cup of Sugar by Ms. Alex W.P. It all started with a ramp. Well, if Harry was being realistic, and at 9.9 years old, he was quite capable of being realistic, it really started with that crappy day in the hospital. Surgery? But Padfoot, it's almost summer. His godfather, Sirius, crinkled his forehead and turned to the doctor. Is there any way we can put it off? He asked, but Harry knew the answer just by the look on the doctor's face. I wish we could have done it yesterday. She said solemnly. And that was that. Fast forward a month, and the surgery was over, it was awful, don't ask about it, his stitches were still in, and swimming was still out, even though their pool sparkled tauntingly from the backyard and the temperature outside soared to a steamy 97 degrees. His birthday was in four weeks. He was promised by every single doctor, nurse, and physical therapist that he'd be able to swim by then. But in the meantime, he was alone. Ron was at sleepaway camp until the middle of August, and Hermione was on a summer-long National Park road trip with her parents. It was official. Harry was an abandoned child. And an orphan. An abandoned orphan in a wheelchair. They'd write books about him soon. There's a mini excavator outside. Harry paused Mario Kart and looked up. Sirius was pulling open the living room curtains with a coffee in one hand and his laptop in the other. He was still in his pajama shorts and faded old Radiohead t-shirt. It was only 9 a.m., and besides, they'd both barely left the house for weeks. The only time Sirius got fully dressed and went out lately was when he could get Mrs. Fig to sit with Harry for an hour while he ran to the grocery store, even though Harry was perfectly capable of staying home alone. Harry did not want to care about the excavator. He wanted to go back to his game and inform his godfather that he was too old to watch construction vehicles. But then he looked out the window. The excavator growled to life and was ripping up the grass and crumbling brick walkway in front of the house across the street where there had been a for sale sign since April. It dug through the ground with ferocious power, kicking up dirt and rocks and moving piles of earth as easily as Harry built a sandcastle at the beach. Harry put his controller down on the edge of the couch and watched. He was hooked. A huge roller came the next day, a big yellow vehicle with a rolling metal drum at the front that Sirius said would level the ground. They want to make it even, he explained, so there are no hills or anything. After that, a concrete truck appeared, with its huge, spinning mixer, and workers poured concrete back and forth in a zigzag pattern that started at the driveway and extended higher and higher all across the lawn, making a long path that rose slowly up to the house's front porch. Looks like they're building a ramp, Sirius said a couple days later, glancing up from his laptop in the middle of the afternoon. He was wearing red flannel pants today and a Dodgers t-shirt with a big hole in the neck. We should do that, too. I can do a couple of stairs, Harry said defensively. Just because he was in a wheelchair for the summer didn't mean he wouldn't be back to normal with his crutches eventually. Why would he suddenly need a ramp? I know, but it could be easier than stairs. There are two stairs. Yeah, but look how nice the ramp looks. He was right. The ramp didn't look like the usual ugly, 
metal ramps that clanked and rattled when Harry walked up them. This one was made of smooth gray concrete with a pretty wooden railing. Soon, gardeners arrived and planted flowers, shrubs, and ornamental grasses, that's what Sirius called them, all along the edges and spread tiny little rocks in between, and within a few days, it looked kind of like the garden outside the museum where Sirius worked. A few days after that, a moving truck arrived. Harry watched the movers carry furniture and boxes from the huge truck into the house for hours as though he were watching a movie out the window, chomping on his popcorn and sipping the blue raspberry slushy Sirius had gotten him, until finally, a car pulled up. Harry hurriedly put down his popcorn and slushy and readjusted himself on the couch to get a better look. Pads. He yelled. The new neighbors are here, come see. Do you want them to know you're a creeper right away? Sirius laughed as he came into the living room and sat at the end of the couch next to Harry, moving his blanket and pillow nest to make space for himself. Why are you yelling so loud? I was right in the kitchen. Look, a dog. Harry exclaimed. And a kid. And indeed, a dog and a kid, both with curly brown hair, came bounding out of the car, running across the lawn, up the ramp, and onto the porch. Harry pushed open the window a crack, the better to spy. Creeper, Sirius said, and Harry punched his arm. Sirius was only half watching, and instead was mostly answering work emails on his phone with his glasses perched on the tip of his nose and a pen stuck behind his ear. He'd been carrying around the same cold, half-drunk cup of coffee all day. Come on, Dad, the kid yelled. He looked about the same age as Harry which was promising, and he wore a Phineas and Ferb t-shirt, which was even more promising. Teddy, come back and carry your bag in, his dad answered. He got out of the car slowly, and when he finally stood up and moved to the end of the driveway, Harry gasped. The man had black forearm crutches just like his. Harry poked Sirius in the shoulder to inform him of this exciting new development. Look, he has the same crutches as me. So he does, Sirius said slowly, putting down his phone and suddenly watching with interest. We should bring them welcome cookies. Now? Harry asked eagerly. Maybe we should let them walk into the house first, Sirius said. Why don't we make the cookies now and go over tomorrow? The next day was Saturday, and Sirius insisted they waited until a reasonable hour to ring their new neighbor's doorbell. Not everyone is up at five o'clock in the morning, Harry. He yawned, running a hand through his black hair before pulling it into a messy bun on top of his head and making himself a cup of coffee. Harry had, indeed, been up for hours, watching TV in his bedroom until Sirius deigned to wake up at seven o'clock, help him get dressed, and move into the living room. What's a reasonable hour? Harry asked impatiently. Eight? I was thinking more like noon. Sirius said. Noon? Harry cried, outraged. We might as well wait until tomorrow at that rate. Fine. Sirius replied. Eleven o'clock and not a second earlier. At 11.01, Sirius was actually dressed in something other than pajamas and was pushing Harry across the street in his wheelchair, they got stuck in the doorway, as usual, trying to get outside, and up the beautiful new ramp. Harry carried a huge welcome basket in his lap, which was quite nice, even though he privately thought it was a little over the top. 
In addition to the cookies, Sirius had insisted on putting in fair trade coffee, homemade granola, local honey, croissants from the bakery down the street, a bottle of wine, some fancy cheese and meat, jam, crackers, a stack of takeout menus from their favorite restaurants, a new pool float. So the kid knows he's always welcome to swim. And two annual passes to his museum. I just want to be a good neighbor. Sirius said as they rolled across the porch to the front door. Harry reached up and rang the doorbell, and immediately, heard barking and running footsteps. Ask who it is, said a man's voice from behind the door. Who is it? A boy's voice asked. Your new neighbors, Harry replied excitedly, and the door opened to reveal a skinny boy with sandy curls, brown eyes, freckles, knobby knees, braces, and a dog running around his legs in excited circles. Hi. The boy said, and turned around as his dad walked down the hall and joined him in the doorway. His dad was tall, taller than Sirius, and looked just like the boy, minus the braces and with the addition of dark-rimmed glasses. Hi, Sirius said. I'm Sirius, and this is my godson, Harry. We live across the street. He extended an arm to shake the man's hand, and the man took it, letting his crutch hang off his forearm by the plastic cuff. I'm Remus, the man said. This is my son, Teddy. It's nice to meet you. Thanks for coming by. Is that for us? Teddy asked, pointing to the basket in Harry's lap. Yep. Harry said, and handed it to him before looking up at Remus. I have crutches just like those, except mine have stickers on them. Cool, Remus said. I used to put stickers on mine, too. What kind of stickers are on yours? I have lots. Dinosaurs, Gravity Falls, Phineas, and Ferb, the Lakers. Harry rattled off. I had Ninja Turtles on mine. Remus replied. Nice. Sirius chimed in. I had a pretty big crush on Donatello back in the day. I always went for the nerds. Remus laughed, and his cheeks turned a little pink. I was a Raphael guy myself. He said. I prefer a bad boy. Good to know. Sirius said, nodding. He leaned an elbow against the doorway and smiled up at him. Where'd you guys move from? Oregon. Remus said. I just got a job at the university. I teach history. Oh, I work right across the street at the museum. I'm a curator there. Sirius replied. Maybe we can meet for lunch sometime. That would be great. I don't start until August 20th though, Remus said. I actually took a partial leave for the summer myself, working from home part-time. I won't be going back into the office until September 1st. Works out perfectly then. It really does. They were quiet for a moment, and Harry looked up at Sirius. He was gazing at Remus with a weird look on his face. For someone so cool, Sirius could be really awkward sometimes. Do you want to come in for a minute? Remus asked. There are boxes everywhere, but we could sit on the back patio for a while before it gets too hot. What do you think, Harry? Sirius asked. Harry had already been assessing Teddy and decided that he'd make a decent friend. He didn't seem to pay much, or any, attention to his wheelchair, which was a relief. Yeah, okay. He agreed 
and they followed Remus and Teddy through the house, where boxes and furniture were stacked and scattered haphazardly in every room, until they reached the back door, which opened straight onto a flat patio where they'd already set up a table and chairs. Remus cranked open a patio umbrella and gestured for them to sit. Do you want some coffee or anything? Remus offered. I can make it iced. No thanks. Sirius said. Just the company is nice. Dad, can me and Harry play on the switch inside? Teddy asked, and Harry sighed with relief. It was already too hot and humid to just sit and listen to grown-ups talk about boring crap like work and traffic. If it's okay with his godfather, Remus replied, and looked at Sirius expectantly. Do you want to, Harry? Sirius asked, and Harry nodded. Definitely, he said. All right, Sirius said. He stood up to push Harry back into the house, but Teddy stepped in front of him. I can do it, Teddy said. Do you mind, Harry? Normally, Harry would mind, very much, if someone other than Sirius or Ron dared to even touch his wheelchair, let alone push him in it. Usually, kids just grabbed it, thinking it was some kind of toy, and that pissed him off to no end. But Teddy actually asked, and he didn't seem weird about it at all. And his dad had crutches. Maybe these people were normal. Sirius gave Harry a significant look that said, Say no if you want to. But Harry didn't want to say no. No, I don't mind. Harry said. See ya, Pads. Okay, see ya. Have fun. Sirius said, sitting back down and turning to Remus. Guess you're stuck with only me, then. I think I'll manage. Remus replied with a small smile. Teddy steered Harry back inside and parked him in the living room where a couch was surrounded by boxes and a TV that was already set up. What grade are you in? Teddy asked, as he handed Harry a controller. Going into fifth. Harry said. What grade are you in? Going into fourth. Do you know who your teacher's gonna be? Harry asked. Mrs. Green. Teddy answered. I had her. Harry said. She's alright. She doesn't give a lot of homework but she yells a lot when she's pissed off. Teddy just shrugged. So do I. He said with a laugh. What do you do for fun around here in the summer? Harry sighed. It had been 37 days since he'd had fun. Well, usually, I swim a lot in my pool with my friends. He said. But I had surgery a few weeks ago, and I can't swim until my birthday. And my best friends are gone for the summer. That sucks. Teddy said. When's your birthday? July 31st. That's in two weeks. Teddy said. Not too bad. I guess. Harry said. Still sucks. I'm so bored. And I miss my friends. At least you have friends. Teddy grumbled. All my friends are back in Oregon. I don't have any. You have one now. Harry said. Me. Okay. Teddy said, and turned on the game. They played for hours until their fathers ordered sandwiches for lunch, and several more hours until their fathers ordered pizza for dinner. It was nearly dark when they finally said goodbye, and Harry told Sirius on the way home that he hadn't had such a good day in a long time. Me either, kiddo, 
Sirius replied with a soft smile as he let them into the house. The next day, the doorbell rang. Here to borrow a cup of sugar, Harry heard Sirius say from the front hall. You did say I could come by if I needed anything, Remus's laughing voice replied. But no, not sugar. I'm unpacking, Teddy is bored, and he was wondering if Harry was around. Then I realized I didn't have your phone number, so here I am knocking on the door like it's Y2K. I've never been so grateful that I neglected to give a handsome man my phone number, Sirius said, and Harry rolled his eyes, but also registered his surprise. People always flirted with Sirius, but Sirius didn't usually flirt back. Teddy can come here if you want so they'll be out of your way. Harry's bored out of his mind, too. I'm sure he'd love some company. Just send Teddy over. And if you want some help later, text me, and we'll come by. But first I need your number. Remus reminded him. Don't worry, I'm not letting you get away without it again. And so it went for the next two weeks. Teddy would come over to watch movies or play video games while Sirius worked and Remus unpacked and organized the house. Hot days slid into warm nights, and the four of them built fires outside in Harry's backyard, roasting marshmallows and lighting sparklers. Harry showed Teddy the space under the big bush in the backyard that felt like a secret treehouse, and even though the pool sat empty, Harry found that he didn't mind as much as he had at the beginning of the summer. You know, Remus has spina bifida, too, Sirius said one night after Teddy and Remus went home. He was standing in the bathroom doorway while Harry brushed his teeth. Okay, Harry said, through a mouthful of toothpaste, trying to sound nonchalant. He'd never met anyone else with spina bifida before, but didn't want to appear too interested. He didn't really like talking about it. And he also uses a wheelchair sometimes. Sirius continued. Wow. Harry said dryly. Sirius looked at him, waiting for something more. When Harry didn't reply, he pressed on. I thought if you ever had any questions that I couldn't answer, or wanted to talk to someone. He started, but Harry cut him off. No thanks. Harry said, spitting into the sink and averting his gaze from Sirius's. This conversation needed to be over. All right, Sirius said and let it drop. Wanna watch a movie? Which one? The Empire Strikes Back. Yeah, okay. Harry was having fun with Teddy, but still counting down the days until his birthday when he could finally swim again. He'd never said it out loud to anyone before, but he felt freer and happier in the water than anywhere else on Earth. He was completely unencumbered. He could move around easily, stand and even walk without crutches or help from anyone or anything. On land, his body felt heavy. Sometimes, when he was really tired, he had to use his hands to lift his legs off the couch or out of the car, and even when he wasn't recovering from surgery, they took a wheelchair with them places in case Harry got tired and needed a break from walking. And as much as he hated to admit it, he loved going to Teddy's house because of the ramp. Sirius still wanted to put one in, but Harry always insisted that he was fine with the two stairs into their house. He didn't want an ugly ramp. Their house was so cute. And besides, he didn't want to need a ramp. But the truth was, even the two stairs were hard, especially in certain shoes. His crocs were fine.
but his converses, which were a little too big, always got caught at the toe right under the step, and sometimes it took a few tries to get inside. It was just, tiring. In the water, though, there was none of that worry, none of that struggle. He was light and free. His body floated easily and quickly. Plus it was fun. Splashing around, doing handstands and somersaults and racing with Ron and Hermione. Getting serious to score his tricks for whole afternoons. He tried not to look out the window at the pool or notice the smell of the chlorine in the warm air while they were outside, but he couldn't help it. The pool called to him. Soon. He'd be swimming again so soon. In no time, it was July 27th. Just one more day until his follow-up appointment with the surgeon so she could check the incision on his back. Harry hadn't seen it, Sirius had offered to take a picture and show it to him, and Harry said absolutely not, but it felt fine, and Sirius didn't seem worried. By this time on Saturday, he'd be swimming. When Teddy and Remus came for dinner that night, Harry wasn't the only one in a wheelchair. Remus was using one, too. Like Harry, he switched back and forth between his crutches and the wheelchair to get up the two stairs into their house, but for the most part, stayed in the wheelchair the whole night. Just having a tired day, Remus told Harry when he noticed Harry watching him later by the fire while Sirius and Teddy looked for marshmallow roasting sticks in the woods. Does that ever happen to you? Harry nodded but didn't say anything. Harry was slowly starting to use his crutches again in physical therapy, and was ready for the day he could leave his wheelchair in the garage for a while. I don't really like using it too much though, Remus continued. I don't like feeling so much shorter than everyone. Me either, Harry said, his eyes wide. He hadn't really thought about why he didn't like using the wheelchair before, but now that Remus said it, he realized he felt the same way. I feel like I'm going to get stepped on. Me too. Remus nodded. Plus I feel weird without my crutches. They're kind of a part of my body you know? Yeah. Harry said, amazed. It was like Remus could see inside his head, putting words to things he didn't even know he was thinking and feeling. And I don't like that someone has to push me. I should get a chair like yours so I can push myself. He pointed to Remus's chair with the big wheels, and Remus nodded. It's definitely easier than waiting for someone to push you. Remus agreed. Or being annoyed that someone is pushing you too slow. Harry laughed. Oh my god, Padfoot pushes me so slow. He said. But my friend Ron runs with it, and it's really fun. Have you ever flown down a hill? Remus asked, and Harry nodded. Yeah, all the time. And I even fell out once. He remembered happily. But don't tell Padfoot. He'd flip out. Your secret's safe with me. Remus assured him with a laugh, then quieted. Shh. Remus said, gesturing to the woods where Sirius and Teddy approached with sticks, and Harry made sure he stopped laughing, too. Sirius sat down in an Adirondack chair between Harry and Remus and handed them each a stick before putting another log onto the fire, sending a little piece of ash into the sky. It burst into the air on a jet of hot smoke, then fluttered down gently, landing in Remus's hair. Oh, you just have. Sirius said, leaning over to brush it away, then pausing mid-breath with his hand on Remus's head.
He let his fingers trail down his cheek and neck, running his thumb across his jaw. They stared at each other, not saying anything, until Teddy tossed the bag of marshmallows onto his father's lap where they landed with a loud rustle of plastic. Sirius and Remus both startled, seeming to remember that they had an audience. Sirius looked away, laughing to himself, while Remus bit his lower lip, grabbed Sirius's marshmallow stick from between his knees, and stuck a marshmallow onto it. Here you go, he said, giving it back with a hand on Sirius's knee. Will you make me one? You're good at making things melt. Hi, Harry, having a good summer? The surgeon asked as she walked into the exam room. Harry looked at Sirius, who cocked an annoyed eyebrow on Harry's behalf and shook his head in exasperation. Not really. Harry told the surgeon with a half laugh. I, uh, had a really big surgery a few weeks ago. Not sure if anyone told you. Right, sorry. She said with an awkward laugh of her own. How are you doing otherwise? Pain okay? Yep. Harry said, leaning back on his hands on the exam table and feeling the white paper crinkle underneath him. Any concerns? The surgeon asked Sirius, who shook his head. Is he still taking any meds we prescribed? Tylenol and Valium as needed, Sirius told her. You can probably discontinue the Valium, she said. Just the Tylenol should be fine now. Okay, Harry, can I take a peek at your back? She asked as though he had any real choice in the matter. Yep, he said and dutifully turned a little so she could lift up his shirt. She bent over behind him and looked for a long time, then pulled her glasses out of the pocket of her white coat and looked again. Harry's stomach clenched when she grabbed a flashlight from one of the exam room drawers, lifted up his shirt again, and squatted on the floor to get a closer look. Harry looked at Sirius who gave him a bracing smile from the vinyl and metal chair across from the exam table. Dad, wanna come look at what I'm seeing? The surgeon asked Sirius, even though she'd been told about a million times that he was Harry's godfather, not his dad. Sirius stood and crossed the room, bending over next to the surgeon behind Harry, and the two of them murmured behind his back for a few seconds. Harry tried to turn around to see what was happening but the doctor put her hands on his shoulders and gently turned him forward again. He was so mad. He hated people looking at his body as though he, himself, wasn't actually living in it. There's a spot just there. The surgeon said. It's hard to see because it's kind of tucked underneath the lipoma. Oh, yeah, I see it. Sirius said, and Harry's heart sank. Why was Sirius agreeing with her? I'll clean it out today and give you wound care instructions for home. You can just email me pictures every day, okay? We'll monitor it until it's closed and healed. All right, thanks. Sirius said, and they both stood up. The surgeon started bustling around the room, getting out swabs and bandages, while Harry watched her with his heart pounding in his throat. Cashlin? He asked, but Sirius shook his head. Sorry, buddy. He said sadly, putting a hand on his knee. There's a tiny bit of the incision that hasn't healed yet. It's in a tricky spot. The surgeon told him. It's really normal, though. But Harry didn't give a rat's ass about how normal it was. He couldn't swim on his birthday. 
He fought back tears as the surgeon bandaged the spot on his back and didn't talk to Sirius at all on the ride home. He just stared out the window, fuming, and when they got home, he couldn't even stomp off to his bedroom like he wanted to. He had to wait for Sirius to help him in the wheelchair. I want to stay outside, Harry said through gritted teeth. It's so hot, Harry, and... Sirius started. Am I not allowed to be outside either? Harry cried, his voice shaking with unshed tears. No, Harry, of course you are. Can I have my crutches, please? Yes, but be careful, and don't. I know. Do you want me to hang with you outside? No. Do you want me to see if Teddy's around? No. And so it went for the next three days. Harry would go outside by himself in the morning, crawl under the big bush in the backyard with a book or his switch, and lay on a blanket until the mosquitoes started eating him alive at night. Sirius would arrive throughout the day with sandwiches, snacks, and offers to do something fun, but there was nothing fun to do, and they both knew it. Finally, Harry's tenth birthday arrived. Sirius woke him up singing at the top of his lungs, carrying a red velvet cupcake with cream cheese frosting, Harry's favorite, like he did every year. Harry blew out the candle, made a wish that he knew wouldn't come true, and slumped back on his pillows. He and Sirius were going out to dinner that night but their original birthday plans had included a day of swimming, and that wasn't happening now. Want to go? Sirius started to ask. No. Harry said, and retreated to his bush once more. It was around lunchtime when Harry heard someone approach. He thought it was Sirius with another stupid sandwich and another stupid offer to do something stupid. But it wasn't Sirius. Hey Harry. Harry rolled gingerly onto his side and saw Remus, who was leaning over and looking at him through the branches. Hi. Mind if I join you? He asked. Free country. Harry shrugged. He sat up and pushed over to make room for Remus on the blanket as he climbed into the bush. He lowered himself onto the ground slowly, laying his crutches next to him and crossing his legs. Happy birthday. Remus said. Sucky birthday. Harry muttered. I heard. Remus said. Sirius told me you've been pretty disappointed this summer. Harry didn't answer so Remus continued. It's not fair, huh? He asked, as Harry stared at a tiny black spider that was slowly lowering itself from one branch to another by a strand of translucent web. Once again, Harry's brain whirred and raged, but he was also amazed by Remus's words. No. It wasn't fair. It wasn't fair at all. No one seemed to understand just how unfair it all was, not even serious who was by Harry's side day and night through every single moment of every single surgery. It wasn't fair that only Harry had to experience this, that only he had to have his entire summer ruined. And his birthday, too. No. Harry muttered, brushing away a tear. It's not fair. I've had that surgery before. Remus told him. I know how much it sucks. Harry looked up at him, wide-eyed. You have? Yep, Remus said. Five times, actually. But I don't remember the first few. I've had it three times, Harry said. But I don't remember the other two, either. Did you puke? 
Oh yeah. Remus nodded, his eyes wide. I puked 23 times. Harry said proudly. Wow. I never counted. But I bet it was up there. Remus said. Did you get like the worst headache of your life? Yes. Harry said. I thought my head was going to explode. It didn't though, so that's good. Remus said, ruffling his hair. They sat in silence for a few minutes. I wanna swim. Harry said finally. I know. Remus said. I wish you could. Did they explain why you can't? Germs from the water. Harry grumbled. But pools are clean. They're not that clean. Haven't you ever peed in a pool? Remus asked, and Harry laughed. Yes, he had. Anyway, Remus said. I know it's not swimming, but I was thinking that maybe we could all go to the movies tonight. Harry wanted to go to the movies but the handicapped seats sucked, they were so close to the screen. And he had to sit in them because of the surgery. He sighed and looked down at his knees, but before he could answer, Remus seemed to read his mind, yet again. Not the regular movie theater, Remus said. A brand new one they just built a couple towns over. There are no steps, you can order dinner, and they're playing The Empire Strikes Back tonight. I love that movie. I heard, Remus said and pulled out his phone. It starts in a few hours. If we go soon, maybe we can talk serious into stopping for ice cream on the way. What do you think? Okay. Harry agreed, and they climbed out of the bush. All in all, it wasn't the worst birthday ever. The movie was great, and even better on the big screen than at home. Harry didn't even mind that Sirius kissed Remus right after Han kissed Leia when they thought Harry and Teddy weren't looking. And a couple of weeks later, when his back was finally healed and he could get in the pool for the very first time all summer, Harry agreed to something he never thought he would. A ramp. They really are easier. Remus told him as they floated next to each other, sipping Dr. Pepper's and raiding Teddy's and Sirius's cannonballs. And so, it all started with a ramp. And it ended with one, two. Finite. Thanks for listening to this text to speech podfic composed by Burning Aurora.